Hello and welcome to Impact at Home podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you the very best professional learning to help you make an impact in your school. Our in conversation with guests today is Alex Barrons, Assistant Head Teacher in Charge of Teaching and Learning at Pristettin High in North Wales. Alex, welcome and can I just say congratulations on surviving the longest term ever in teaching. Thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, it certainly has felt like possibly the, the longest term ever, hasn't it? And we are now nearly at the end of it. So we're, uh, you know, fingernails crawling in, but we're, yeah. we'll, we will make it. We will make you can, it. You can almost smell the cinnamon and the, yeah. and the gingerbread at the, end, and the, at the end of term, but we're, but we're nearly there. So, yeah. dangling yeah. a mince pie just out of reach. We'll get there. <laughs> and so, so today we're going to be just having our usual chat in conversation with about some key topics again around ed- education, particularly relating to everything that's happened this term and all of the things that yeah. have cropped up in the last few weeks. It's typical, isn't it? The last the last couple of weeks of term, there have just been publication after publication when teachers have got the time to sit and read. I think certainly since since half term, it's been like a, a barrage of lots of bits and pieces, hasn't yeah. it? You know, everything from, yeah. you know, renewed face mask guidance and then all the stuff about curriculum for Wales that we've had recently. Yeah. And, you know, from things from Estin. There has been there's been a lot of input from from elsewhere yeah. just before Christmas, which I think is kind of quite typical of how, how government cycle yeah. seems to run. How do you yeah. find the time to go through it all? Um, the, the honest truth is you can't go through it all. Um, I mean, if I was to try and sit there and go through the entire of the, the, the Senate committee bill, I, I just you know, wouldn't have the time. Um, thankfully, there are some really helpful people who provide lovely summaries. Um, you know, I, I think two of whom are signed for me. We might know them. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, I think, you know, that is one thing which I've certainly found over the last few weeks. And again, I know this is your podcast. I'm not trying to, you know. Uh, but, no, you, you go know, ahead, Alex. I, say, you know, I, I personally find when you do get good summaries, and I, we've been fortunate, I've had your summaries, which I've looked at, and I've also had some summary work from uh, our local consortium, Guare, and, and those have been helpful because when then I do go and look at the full report, mm-hmm. I can kind of skim to bits because I have somebody's already highlighted for me, these are some of the key points, and I found that a very, very useful thing. You know, that's funny. I was just reading Kate Jones's new book uh, in manuscript because we're providing a, a recommendation for it. Uh, on retrieval practice and she was talking about pre-questions before you actually Mm. even look at the text and it's exactly the same you know we are all learners professional learning just the same as you know learning in a classroom for pupils is we need exactly the same strategies and like that having pre-questions what do I think about before you read an official document but there it seems like such a long time since we first asked you to be on our podcast back in March I think or April 2020. Yeah, and so much has happened since then. And of course, North Wales also feels very much like another country. I know we met you, oh gosh, it was, it was 12 months, I think it was more or less 12 months ago um, at a curriculum um, event we were running in Wrexham. Yes. In Wrexham. Connors Key, that was right. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's, it's been a very long time since we travelled, but, you know, went up to North Wales. So wh- what has it been like for you up in North Wales over the last nine months what a vast question that is um i think i think obviously when you when you get an information piece of information from the government and saying look we are we are closing schools Mm. uh for an indeterminate period um is it's a it's one of those which you never expect to have to deal with in your professional Mm -hmm. journey um you know you might get the odd day or two or you know but 
that, that indeterminate, you know, there was not an end date put on it. And it was therefore quite obviously difficult to plan. And I think all schools scrambled to get work for pupils as quickly mm -hmm. as they could. Um, but work is not teaching. And so right. simply putting work out there isn't the same as, as providing teaching. And so we had to learn on the job of how to provide actual teaching for students in a remote way. This isn't something that we'd been trained for. It isn't something, you know, it wasn't part of my teacher training when I did it, you know, blended learning wasn't, a, you know, wasn't a no. phrase that we'd even heard of back when I did my teacher training. So it is a case that we've had to adapt and we've had to learn. The wonderful thing is, um, I can certainly speak for, for my school, but I know speaking to a lot of my, my colleagues in other schools, a lot of schools, is the resilience, creativity and hard work of teachers yeah. up and yeah. down the country who have invented new different interesting ways of providing fantastic learning for young people and who have been innovative and you know in, in a lot of cases um you know have worked really hard so my wife and i are both both teachers and um my wife said you know she thinks she was working if not just as hard possibly harder during the school yeah. closure because it was just that volume of response that volume of what needed to be to be um you know put out for students um but then over the, obviously once we reopened for the two weeks before the summer break I found that was a fantastic thing and I think when we first saw it we were a bit skeptical but mm. actually getting those pupils back in through the doors just for that little bit before the summer was brilliant for yeah. them. It's what you are teaching for isn't it? It is, mm. it is um, and then I think obviously set it, stepping into September um, you know a huge amount of planning went in in the last couple of weeks from the announcement uh, into the summer holidays um, you know this it's the shortest summer holidays I've ever had because you you end up we couldn't go anywhere but we didn't have a break from February half term there was not a single mm. you know time where I have more than a, you know other weekend not mm. working from February half term up until July and then in July we I said look I am taking these three weeks the first three weeks but then after that you are back into full planning mode yeah. so we've done a huge amount of planning um, you know, obviously we've reopened the school in, you know, very different way to how it would be opened otherwise. Um, but again, it's that wonderful commitment from our staff who have been amazing and, you know, taken most things in their stride and are getting on with providing great education for our kids. And that is what we're about. And it's, it's, it's really interesting that you should say talking about blended learning, you know, the fact that none of us really had thought about what that might look like. And even when you look at online learning, you know, the higher ed have had online learning for an awful long time. But the amount of professional learning that was required for teachers to get to a point where they just felt confident to, to think, I know how I can move forward with my classes. I mean, that must have been quite a, a, a feat to actually get that professional learning to start. It is. And I think, well, it, it... And it continues to be because yeah. you can't put everybody together in a hall. And that's no. that's the method. That's how schools have done CPD for years. We put everybody yeah. in a hall and you talk to them yeah. and we can't do that. Um, so there has been a lot. I think the most important part of that and the thing that I, I you know, prioritised above everything was clear communication. Um, that you want to make sure that the messages that go out are the messages that need to go out, not loads and loads of, you know, lots of little bits of information. You know, you try and keep it to succinct kind of yeah. one a day where you say, look, this is where we're up to. This is what we need to do. And that clear communication. A lot of our professional learning um, was, you know, was a lot of it was kind of written instruction because, again, at that point, we were still learning about yeah. how we could how we could deliver to staff in a, in a more virtual way. Um, we we weren't 
big users of Microsoft Teams before the school's closures. You know, now I don't know how we yeah. managed without it. Um, <laughs> it automatically you know, pops up when you when you put your laptop on, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> it does. It's there. It starts automatically. Um, and it's kind of one of those where you, you know, we weren't we weren't using that, but it was something we've had to, we've taken mm -hmm. on board. And you know, using all the different you know methods there are, using Zoom, using you know, other things to then interact with with different people. I started a, a regular weekly Zoom meeting with the NQTs because I had six NQTs who I was mentoring last year, and you know it was those kind of bits of professional learning for them. But it was about you know showing staff and modelling to staff as much as anything. This is what can be done. Mm -hmm. So you know, giving examples of you know for, for me as teaching and learning lead, I had to try it first. Yeah. So I'd go. I'd go, right, okay, this is what I think we need to do. I will try it. And usually one of my heads of the department might say to me, I've had this good idea. I've yeah. tried it, here you go. So I'd try it, yep, that works. And I'd sort of give the model over to, to staff and say, look, we've modeled this, this is how it can work. Um, and, and then showing them that way, because you, know, you sometimes have to model those successes. Um, and also when you've done that, you kind of also know what the pitfalls are, where the failures are, and you can exactly. go. Exactly, and this is the thing, when you're thinking about <laughs> professional learning, it's as if, professional learning um, has almost been separated from what learning is mm -hmm. and you mentioned a couple of things there that actually when you when you think about them um, are part of Rosenshine's 10 principles of effective um, instruction and why shouldn't professional learning actually adhere to those at the same time because you mentioned clear communication and that's something that actually um, I was on a podcast uh, last night about um, direct, direct instruction, instruction wasn't it? Direct instruction, capital D, capital I, which is Engelman's script thing, which actually it's very, very structured. And I'm not thinking uh, of going down that line particularly, but they were talking about faulty communication as opposed to faultless communication and using scripts in order to do that. Because when you're talking about completely new information like blended learning and how to use particular um, technology in order to support improvement, you are talking about really quite complex com concepts and how to get them across in really clear, succinct ways. And of course, modeling is another way of doing that. So it's professional learning, as you've just talked about, is not something separate, it is it's learning. learning. Mm -hmm. And, and I think if anybody provides CPD without that in mind then and expect it to be successful, then you forget actually why we're here. As teachers, we should surely have the skills to be able to teach not just you know, young people, but yeah. other teachers. It's teaching is uh, teaching, isn't it? Exactly. So I provided, I did a, um, a we had a twilight training session this week and, and the topic was all about blended learning and, yeah. you know, elements of direct instruction as, as part of that. And, you know, within that training, part, you know, the first half now was a webinar. Mm -hmm. And I was very, very conscious in that, that me giving blended direct instruction, I needed to make sure that everything I did as part of that was also, you know, what I was saying in the training. Because if you, again, it's that modeling. Yeah. So, you know, one of, the, one of the things, you know, okay, dual coding is something which we've, you know, we've all, you know, know about and we've done, mm -hmm. you know, reasonably well. But by mentioning dual coding, I had to make sure that my entire presentation <laughs> was dual coded. And yeah. Point out. It and practice bit, what you preach. It gets a little bit yeah. meta, though, doesn't it? It's, yeah. it's like you're you're doing what you're doing, and you're doing it in the style of what you're doing. It's very um, complex, but it's. Um, the, I think professional learning has um, adapted and changed. I mean, we know that um, just looking at who is providing professional learning and how they're providing that professional learning has changed dramatically since since March, and it's had to. What has been the focus? 
um, for your professional learning um, other than uh, blended learning, obviously, because there's been a lot of things that uh, had to be done very, very quickly. Has there been anything else that you've looked at with professional learning? Um, we've we've tried to invest some time in some pastoral elements. Okay, so right. a lot around well-being because you know when pupils missed six months of their you know direct face-to-face -face contact, for some of those young people that had a very big direct impact on their oh, well-being. Sure. You know the anxiety levels you know are very high and particularly when you look at some of the year 11s this year's year 11 so last year's year 10 coming into year 11 and last year's year 11 going into year 12 and our year 13s they're all worried and anxious so we needed to make sure that we put time in to kind of train our staff around the pastoral the well-being um you know we've instituted a well-being wednesday with um all our year groups where their pastoral session is deliberately a well-being session that can't just happen over overnight where well, you have to actually put a bit of work into explaining that to staff and the rationale and what goes on there but I think as with I think a lot of schools professional learning is one of those things which hasn't been as high a priority as we'd like because the operational side of opening a school yeah. in the middle of a global pandemic is you know is hugely taxing all the kind of in my head the plans for what I would have loved to have achieved in the second half of last school year in the first half of this school year have had to go out the window because you know we are you know I am out on that corridor you know what feels like 24 7 saying put your mask on take your coat off uh you know that that kind of thing and you know we're we're there we're on duty all the time because you know we need to make sure that our that we are keeping safe and you know we've stripped out all of our school priorities this year and have basically said you know we need to make sure that pupils are safe that yeah. teaching and learning is still good and that we can make sure that there are good outcomes at the end of you know in whatever manner the welsh government have you know whatever these teach managed assessments look like yeah. um, your priorities have shifted that's you know they've become new priorities haven't they and i think every so often we, we actually do need to have a bit of reality check and just say we are still very much in the middle of a global pandemic. Yes. You know, this, this is as serious as it gets. And I think that it's very, very easy to go, well, you know, life is just jogging along. The same restrictions are here as they were last week. Oh, look, no, we can't buy alcohol after six o'clock in a pub. You know, and you forget that, that those restrictions are here for a reason. And there are priorities within school, like you say, that actually have had to drop down the pecking list because mm. there are other things that are more important. So with that in mind, have you had the opportunity to do anything with Curriculum for Wales? So Curriculum for Wales is something that um, I, mean, I sit, my, my office faces a display board and I've got my Curriculum for Wales bits and pieces that I've had on the wall where I sort of devised right. it towards, towards sort of January last year, I'd put a bunch of stuff together, which is there. And it's slowly fading in the sun because, you know, it doesn't, uh, doesn't get used as much as it should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would have liked to have done more with Curriculum for Wales is the honest truth. And I think if I, I could I could I could sit here and I could go, oh, yes. I've done this. But the honest truth is the time hasn't been there in order to be able to do it justice. So you've got two possibilities. You can either do half a job yeah. or you can do the job well. I think um, in the last two weeks, actually, as it goes, is finally the first time I've actually had a little bit of space where yeah. I've gone, actually, have got time to sit there and go through and I think the the kind of almost like the reminder that I needed to create that space did come with the Estin report because the Estin report did highlight where we were up to and where schools were up to and good practice and and pitfalls and so for me it was it was that kind of 
oh, hang on, I think I can now start to create a little bit of space and therefore begin to begin to prioritise curriculum for Wales again. Was this the um, thematic report on secondary schools that you're talking about? Yes. Right, rather than the annual report? Yes. If we, if we say, for the sake of argument, that the September 2022 deadline is not going to change, and I think that as it currently stands, I know um, the Education Minister, uh, Kirsty Williams, has said that she will keep it under review, but given that she's leaving in May, uh, she's stepping down in May and, you know, that there's all change. It's probably unlikely to have any change to it before then. So let's just make the assumption that it's going to stay. We are all still heading towards September 2022. What practical support do you think teachers would benefit from the most to get them from where they are now to a position where they've got a curriculum ready to go in a state that, that feels, you know, suitable for a world-class education system? the the biggest barrier is time isn't it yeah. as ever you know and and we need to be able to have you know especially our subject leads there planning you know what is this going to look like how it, how is it going to work how can we make sure that we give the best education to these mm-hmm. young people and you know in school we are time poor it's school day now. And, and absolutely even more so now so we are time poor. So I think that's that is the key. But I think to, to me, I mean, I, I, I apologize because I've banged this drum in the past. It um, is is about the clarity around qualification and what qualifications is going to look like. I feel that in some in some cases, the expectation is that we can cr- plan a curriculum from the bottom to the top. Yeah, but that isn't how a secondary school works. A secondary school works from where are we going? Let's put the steps in to get there. Um, so so that is. That is that is a concern that we haven't had that. Um, I'm just bringing out all the things that I'm concerned about now. Um, I'll try and answer the question more directly. What was the question? No, no, that's okay. <laughs> and it's interesting that you say that you know starting at the end and um, you know that you need to start at the end because we had a really interesting podcast with Prof. Rob Coe. Was it last week? No, it was the week, week before. before. Yeah, talking about assessment and effective assessment and what it actually means. And we talked about the uh, descriptions of learning and in in curriculum for Wales. And he was saying that. It is about identifying what your learning outcome is. And for a secondary school, it's going to be qualifications led because that's the external element of it. And then creating a curriculum full of tasks that enable you to understand progress towards that that outcome of learning. And in fact, we were talking about this this morning and we've ended up with a sketch note on it that we've just put out on Twitter. This shared understanding of what progression is. And a shared understanding of what progression is, is basically the whole job. You know, in order to understand whether progress is being made, you need to understand your domain knowledge. So your qualifications, you need to understand what curriculum tasks are. So we don't think that it's at all difficult to say, well, we need to start at the end because you need to know what what excellence looks like in order to know where you're heading. And that's in a sense what we want when we when we teach a lesson, that's what we want. We want the pupils, we give them an objective and say, this is where I want you to achieve by the end of this 60 minutes. Yes. And it, you know, therefore to to ask us to put something together that we're going, you know, we'd like you to do this, but we're not going to tell you what the final goal is. As as teachers, we find difficult. I think I think another piece of support it would be, you know, perhaps a little bit more information from some of the pioneer schools who are perhaps a little bit further um, down the line. There might be, you know, there I think they have probably got in some cases a good handle on some of the pitfalls. And I think that collaboration there would be would be really, really important. 
But, you know, again, because of because of the C word COVID, you know, we are behind on the professional learning and the collaboration because, you know, so for example, our regional consortia, where we were due to start all the professional learning around new curriculum in the March. Yeah, obviously the March happened. We couldn't start all of that. And that is now due to start in January. So we are now, you know, nine months behind or 10 months behind where we would like to be. And, and I think and we don't know what's going to happen now in the spring term either, do we? The way things are, yeah, we're just... beginning to pan out. But again, we don't know if schools are going to open in, in January. I mean, I, I, but universities aren't going back until, no. you yeah, know, January Jan, is going so to be difficult. So I think you're right to say that we are quite a way behind. Mm. We are. And I think, you know, and that's something that obviously the, the, the committee report from, from the Welsh Government sort of points out, doesn't it, that actually there has to now be an evaluation of the impact of COVID on progress towards the new curriculum. And, and that's where I say you either do something or you do it well. Yeah. And so there needs to, in, uh, and it's only my humble opinion, but in my in my opinion, there does need to be a consideration of has there been, is there enough time to implement this and implement it well? It might be that we say there is, there is time to implement it by September 2022, but we don't make it mandatory until 2023. So therefore, you've almost got that, you know, we want, you know, our aim, our aspiration is for all schools yeah. to be ready in September 2022, but we won't necessarily hold you to account for it until 2023 now yeah. that might be a way of giving schools that kind of aim date yes without the fear that if you're not ready by 2022 you're going to have estin breathing down your neck yeah and saying well why aren't you further along the journey well do you know what that's that's a really good idea that's not something that we consider mm. maybe we should uh, give whoever takes over from Kirsty Williams we should drop that into their inbox and just say have a think about this but I think there is there is a, a danger that if there is a delay to the date in September 2022, however that happens, then people will say, well, I have too much to do. Because as you were saying, teachers are always time poor. I mean, we understand that. So, you know, are there other things that could be given to teachers in terms of time that could still happen before September 2022 and not necessarily go with a delay, but just provide more time? Well, I think obviously there's there's the financial side of any any school, isn't there? So when there is more money put in, then there might be more capacity to release because I think you know every school is under financial pressure, mm. and the timetabling and the curriculum side of every single school that I speak to is tight as a drum mm. and so there isn't there is very little slack in the system to be able to say well actually I can give you a little bit of extra time here or a little bit of extra time there and it might be now with some of the elements of blended learning being developed over the last nine months or whatever that there are aspects of that because there's always the issue isn't it you take teachers out of the classroom to do something else what are your pupils doing yeah that was just the thing I whilst, was thinking about as well whilst the teachers are out of the room so there might be ways around with the new with the way that we're working with blended well, we, learning. We're that, supposed to have these extra 900 staff, aren't we, yeah. to support the disadvantaged yes. people. Yeah. I, I, I haven't heard a great deal no. about that recently. I know there's been documents about how you can use that funding, yeah. but I haven't. Have you had access to any of that? I, I believe again we've had some documents. I wouldn't like to. I wouldn't like to say too much because no. I know. Uh, I, I believe um, yeah, various meetings go on, don't they, around finances? So yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's thing. one of those where. Um, as I say, well, I think we mentioned it last night in our, our senior management meeting where we did say it, that, that this is on the horizon. So right. quite, quite how it's going. It wasn't, um, you know, behind the horizon, like sort of June. That would have been really, really useful. But the thing, these things take time. 
it's fading in the sun along with the cricket for Wales documents on the wall. That's oh, don't. <laughs> it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you about professional learning there's just so much that teachers have done in such a short space of time I mean I think if you look back in history over time 50 years from now people will be looking back at you know mm. 2020 and how much teaching and education and professional learning changed and how much teachers developed I mean yeah. and I think allowing teachers the opportunity sometimes to experiment and to um to innovate yeah been, and I think that's been one of the most valuable parts of this this whole um you know time that we've lived in has been exactly that we've allowed people to innovate whereas sometimes if you keep doing the same thing you're only ever going to get the same results so you know you've got five lessons a day you've got year 11 year seven year eight and you just do the same you go through the same thing whereas here we have we've got to change our approach and so we've allowed people to innovate and you know sometimes when you suggest things the first time you know, people kind of look at you as if you've got three heads and you go really um and then once they've given it a try you go, oh, this is brilliant and i remember that the first live streamed lessons that we did because this is again it's right. a, there's a whole potential minefield around live stream lessons and i remember sort of suggesting to some people look i you know i think with sixth form i think live stream lessons is the way to go and oh, well, i'm not sure about this i'm not sure about this so again right lead by example my year 13 so we had a few live streamed lessons and um again then it's that case of people so how did it go how was it you know it was great give it a try and then people give it a try and they're coming back and waxing lyrical about how amazing this is you know you're able to do this have you tried this did you think of doing that it's great to see and i think with every um you know with every new you know perhaps, perhaps new bit of training or new um application or or whatever that comes out people grab onto something and the expertise exists within within the, the walls of our school to make some really innovative learning um so what we did on our twilight this week was we i put staff we have our webinar mm -hmm. and then we staff then had half an hour to go and develop something blended learning something new something innovative and then i put staff into trios and these weren't trios in their departments they were they were trios you know quite carefully crafted trios um and again people allowed the opportunity to kind of collaborate and see new things and people came out buzzing with all these ideas so and so showed me this oh this is a great idea and all of a sudden again it's that capturing even in december even when it's dark by the time we finished that twilight people buzzing with teaching and learning ideas and that innovative side of things which we because we are like we often rely on the same things don't we that yeah. having to change and that opportunity to innovate and again staff will take that and run with that and we've got some fantastic teachers who've really you know taken it and run with it and, and come up with some really innovative ideas it sounds like have real enthusiasm for what they're doing and i think that it may be that in 10 years time when we look back at that and go oh gosh yes that was a dreadful year but also we were really lucky as teachers to experience that and to have that as a resource that we can actually draw on. Absolutely. And I think, go on. So it's something that we've mentioned in the previous podcast, isn't it? It's about seeing COVID as an opportunity yeah. to, to change practice and to really see things with fresh eyes. Yeah. Christatunity. That's a combination of crisis <laughs> and opportunity. I like that one. I, 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 started, I, I have a feeling that was Homer Simpson. That's the worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, much of tourism said. Alex, thank you so much for uh, talking to us today. It really has been a pleasure. And it's been fascinating to hear about what you've been doing and how you've been developing professional learning up in Prestatton. 
It's a pleasure for me too. So thank you very much for having me. And thank you for the work that you've done uh, in terms of the professional learning, because I know I've used a number of your professional learning things, you know, in terms of developing what I've done with our staff and, and, the, and the summary notes and things like that have been exceptionally helpful. Um, and so, you know, thank you very much for the work that oh, you've done. That's absolutely our pleasure. We're, we're glad that we're helping to make a difference. Certainly are. And hopefully you have a really good Christmas break. Yes. Enjoy your yeah, Christmas. Yeah, it's absolutely time. It's our first Christmas with our daughter. So, you know, she's, uh, she's only five months, so she'll, she loves all the lights so we'll have a great time fantastic thank you take care thank you well thanks for listening to our last podcast of 2020 it's been quite a year we'll be back in 2021 with more podcasts more guests and more conversations about professional learning and making an impact and we're going to be focusing on assessment in the spring term so don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales and you can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Impact Wales. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales. And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.